Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Well, the four people on the mics today all admit from the outside it could look like they're in some sort of super group of elite ninjas. Certainly any time I run into someone who's been through the Marketing Academy program as a scholar, just try and shut them up and shut down their enthusiasm. You learn to give up rather quickly on that one. Being accepted into the Not-for-Profit Marketing Academy in Australia, it also runs in North America, Europe and the UK where it all started, is one of the hottest tickets in town. Only about 30 people a year get in, and in fact, one of MI3's biggest stories this year was a simple yarn, who got accepted for the 2022 intake of scholars. So, what is it about the Marketing Academy that's so electrifying and unifying for its participants? Well, a warning, we're going to have blokes and women talking about self-discovery, vulnerability, imposter syndrome and self-doubt, leadership and thinking beyond oneself. But enough from me, we're going to hear from four Marketing Academy scholars who have been through the program and are out the other side. BWS Brand Manager Anne Lee, KFC Digital Marketing Manager Warren Moe, Edelman's Executive VP for APAC, Fern Canning-Brook, and Sky Ruggles, the former Director of Reader Revenue at Broadsheet, and Sky is also representing the Marketing Academy Alumni Council. So welcome to you all, this very enthusiastic bunch. Looking forward to this one. Um, Let's start with a quick recap from each of you about the Marketing Academy, what you expected and why this thing is so, well, damn good, really. Um, Warren, to you first, how did it come about for you? How did it get on your radar and and what are you expecting and what happened? Welcome, by the way, Warren. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Uh, Thanks for having us. Uh, Yeah, it got on my radar at KFC. Uh, A couple of uh, teammates had gone through the Marketing Academy. I saw the growth that they had from it and they recommended it to me. You know, at that point, uh, I'd been with KC for about a year, and after making the move from financial services to quick service restaurants, I found that it had its challenges. Yes. Something like pace might have something to do with it, was it? Exactly. Just into the pace. I think in some aspects, I was learning a whole new language. Mm. But a, lo- a lot of those challenges was more from an internal dialogue, and I could really feel the imposter syndrome coming out of me. So something that I wanted to work on was my self-belief, uh, not just as a marketer, but as a leader and as a person. So, you know, my expectations formed from speaking to my team um, who had gone through it, speaking to previous scholars. And through that, I could see that what was unique about the Marketing Academy was the blend of marketing, uh, leadership, um, and a personal growth that it offers, but also just that exposure to, you know, a diverse community of peers and mentors. I think this is your intake. It was you were coming into COVID or something, weren't you, Warren? Is that right? What was the timing there? Yeah, that's right. We were uh, trying to get into the 2021 cohort, so we're coming out of COVID and, you know, a year where you've been kind of locked up at home. Uh, it was, a, it was, you know, you could feel a bit lonely. So, you know, the chance to kind of get a sense of belonging and reconnect with others, that was definitely an extra, you know, incentive. We'll get to all of you later about what happened and, and what the result was, but um, the same for you, And what? How did the Academy get on, on your radar and what did you think before you got into it? So I was nominated for um, TMA, I think in the first few years that it started in um, Australia. I actually had a recruiter that I used to speak to a lot kind of nominate me. Um, And at the time, I had no idea what it was about. I kind of thought, what is this? Is this real? Um, But at the time, I wasn't ready. I just genuinely wasn't ready to, to do it. 
And in 2019, uh, I took the plunge to apply. So I was working at Samsung at the time and Samsung were a sponsor. Um, And yeah, I was navigating kind of the return to work from maternity leave, uh, navigating kind of that transition between being a manager and really trying to, I guess, elevate and position myself as a, a genuine leader in the business. And so it kind of just came at a really great time. Marketing company was always a bit of a mystery to me. I always wondered what it was. I think everyone on the call who has, you know, when you're applying, you have a lot of people tell you how amazing it is, but they all say, but I can't explain why. It's just, you just have to do it. I can't explain why. You'll know what I mean when you do it. So I have to say, like, it was a mystery for a while. I went in thinking it would be like this typical kind of, you know, leadership development course, which I thought sure we've all done plenty of, but it really is so, so much more. Yeah, and I think you you mentioned in our earlier chat, you know, it's not about presentation skills. It's not necessarily about technical training. Um, So with a little bit of a teaser for the conversation in a couple of minutes, what was it then if it wasn't technical skills and and prezos? Look, I think what sets Marketing Academy apart from kind of other, you know, courses that we would do, it's nine months or nine to 12 months focusing on yourself as a leader, uh, focusing on how you impact others. um, And I think that focus inward is probably what makes it different. It's about, I think we all we would have all done it, the Living Leader course is part of the uh, the first boot camp that we do as part of the Marketing Academy and it is eye-opening. It really starts to kind of get you questioning, I guess, why you want to be a leader, you know, what kind of leader you are, but really thinking about your leadership, not just in the context of work but also family. I think one of the things that Sherilyn said was if you have children, you're a leader. You don't need to be a leader right. at work. And that's when I'm crazy. I'm a terrible leader <laughs> and mother. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yes. No, I'm with you. I mean, I was going to say you're a leader if you're a parent. Sometimes you're just crazy if you're a parent because um, things happen, as we know, that, that have kids. Uh, Sky, you're, you were sort of in the UK, um, I think, and, and that's where it sort of came on your radar, which is the, it's the home place of, of the academy. Yeah, that's right. I was working for News UK, who was a sponsor. So I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by people who'd either been through the program or were involved in mentoring or some other way. And yeah, I guess similar to what Anne said, uh, they all described the program as transformational or life-changing or the best thing they've ever done, which is... Big motherhood statement. Yeah, (laughs) extremely intriguing. Um, And so, yeah, I just knew that I had to be part of it. And so you didn't do it in the UK, though you came back to Australia, and that's when it um, it happened. That's right. Fern, you're a benchmark from what I can hear um, in terms of um, some things that you uh, in, in your application and what you did. But we're going to hear about all that. But <laughs> as you raise your eyebrows, saw that I think you've got the most exotic story too. You sort of discovered the marketing academy in the south of France. Gee, tough. I know, tough life. Um, I did. So I was um, in Cannes at the festival and. My ECD, Jamil, had actually done the program in the UK before he moved to Australia. And um, he was invited to the alumni drinks that the Marketing Academy were throwing and invited me along. And I I just hadn't heard of it, to be be honest. And, um, you know, had a few rosés and met Sherilyn. And I just thought, who is this amazing woman? Um, I want to be a part of this. And I, you know, over a few drinks, did speak to a few people that evening who had obviously been through the academy 
and everybody said the same thing, you know, it's transformational. And when I got back to Australia, I found out, you know, some people that I knew, I didn't know they'd gone through the marketing academy. Um, but once it's on your radar, it's really on your radar and you switch on to it. And I started to talk to different people, Jules Lund, Jakita, about their experience. And it just sounded to me like there was literally nothing like this that existed, that you mm. would be exposed to some of the brightest, most accomplished minds in our industry in a really intimate setting, that your leadership style and inclusion within that leadership style would be challenged. Uh, I think Anne said you, you start to reflect on that. But what really appealed to me beyond that was knowing that there would be a cohort who were a group of leaders going through very similar things to myself that I would make great friends with, that I would gain a lot of trust with, and that we would grow together, um, you know, over the years to come in our journey as leaders. And that held the greatest appeal because as anyone listening to this as a leader knows, being a leader is really hard. And so it is amazing to know that you're going to have a group of people going through the same things as you that you can turn to for advice with complete mm. trust and honesty. Mm. And this is the thing that sort of seems to come through on this is, you know, uh, we talked about it earlier. There's a lot of, if not overachievers, high achievers in the group and high achievers in, in the marketing academy. There's one constant, um, including uh, my good self, I think probably it's, it's human, is this great grappling and battling with self-doubt and poster syndrome and, and thinking about, you know, how good you really are. And I think this is what something that seems to come through from all of you. Were you all surprised? And let's, let's start with Anne. Um, were you surprised, Anne, about the fact that you were uh, maybe normal? I probably wasn't surprised, but it really did hit home how normal I was. <laughs> I think when you meet right. 29 other people who are going through the exact same thing as you, um, you kind of when you're in your own workplace, obviously you feel quite isolated. So you do feel like you are on your own in, 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 to an extent. Um, you know, it was funny you were saying about, you know, being overachievers or high achievers. In the Living Leader course, so one of the um, the kind of modules that we do as part of the first boot camp, Sherilyn actually referenced a TED talk by Margaret Heffernan um, called Forget the Pecking Order. And it's all about super chickens. I don't know if you guys have been across this. It's a talk about the fact that you can't be a super chicken and be a great leader. And right. this TED talk is all about these, um, an experiment where someone was putting together a group of really, really overproducing chickens to lay eggs. And it's an experiment to go if they're super producing, what happens versus average chickens. And what they found over years is the group of average chickens actually produced more eggs than the super chickens. And it was because some of the super chickens killed each other. Now, right. the, the moral of the story is being an overachiever, if you are in a group of just a bunch of overachievers, you actually don't drive the right productivity and the right growth. And it was really interesting because it was like, you know, you can't be a super chicken and be a great leader. And it really reframed for me the concept of, you know, what got you to the leader role that you are today is because you're an amazing achiever, individual contributor. But a lot of what I learned through Marketing Academy is what got you here won't get you there. So that contribution, that, you know, you being your best, once you get to a leadership role, it's not about you anymore. And, mm. you know, if you're all trying to be super chickens, you know, no one's getting anywhere. 
Hopefully no one does, but... Uh, Warren, on, on that front, because I think you, you talk about sort of looking around you and your career, and, and I think you call them, um, we've got alpha dogs, super chickens and ninjas now, but you talk about alpha dogs, Warren, and sort of just how you manage that process of what you think are people in your circle that are that are um, better than you, if you like, or, or are better operators. Talk to that a little bit and try and get an and super chicken reference if you could, because it's a good one. I'll pay you 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 10 bucks, there you go. Uh, I'm going to stick with the... Um go near the super chickens one and talk to it very well uh, <laughs> but definitely through my career kind of I look back now and I found that younger in my career it was harder to be vulnerable uh, it was harder to to be able to um, kind of speak up in a room and, and and have that presence but but I think through things like the marketing academy you know one thing that it kind of taught me was the power in a quiet leader and you know you go in with the marketing academy and you kind of think about oh, I want to work on these weaknesses so-called or these gaps, but actually what it can bring out of you is how you can double down on your strengths. And, you know, it helps you find what your stride is, uh, whether that's in a room or with, with stakeholders or even at home or with friends. And like for me personally, like I, I've found that I, I think I'm more composed and more mature as a leader, but I'm not going to be the loudest person in the room. Um, but when I speak, I'll have a calm command mm. and I've, I've learned to kind of leave from the back. So, so they're the sort of things that you kind of learn to navigate not just from your learnings with the marketing academy, but then how you bring that into a professional environment. And how does it go in a professional environment for you? You know, we I, I like the term, you know, leading from the back. It's a great term, really. So how does that work? Do you, have you changed your style or are you just more comfortable in your in your skin? It's a bit of both. I think firstly, it's being comfortable in in who you want to be as a leader and who you are as a person. Uh, and then you you learn about different ways and outlooks on how you can get the best out of others. So, you know, one thing that, you appreciate going through the marketing academy is that that leadership is about you know developing others to be leaders themselves and um you know just a powerful question that you can learn to give to others is how can i help and i, I bring that now into an everyday so anytime whether it's a stakeholder a teammate or a, you know within my team I'm, I'm asking how can i help and it's just a powerful question because you realize it's not about you it's about it's about them mm. Sky, same for you then. You're probably the last person I'll ask about the super chicken analogy because it is a great one. I just am still enamoured by it. But for you and your career and what, you know, a bit to Warren's point about, you know, changing your style post the academy program or being more comfortable in your skin, what's the balance, the weighting on what happened with you? Yeah, I think going into the program, I was, I guess, more guarded. There was a professional sky and a personal sky and coming out of the program I became more one person so yeah that was the biggest change for me. Unpack that sky so does it mean that you were more sort of conservative or careful um, with the professional sky what was different what are the tell us about your personalities basically? A few things I think uh, firstly I didn't share a lot about myself so I didn't really go deep particularly with my team. I was I guess, very conscious of when I made a mistake. I, you know, wasn't so open about that. And asking for help was something that was really hard for me. So mm. I guess after going through the program, those three things became much easier. Was that, um, did it happen early on in the program or was when did you start to sort of feel the enlightenment, if you like? Yeah, I think it happens from the first boot camp, the, the living leader right. program that you go through. There are a lot of aha moments so, yeah, it, it does happen over nine months, but it definitely starts from the beginning. Mm. Fern, for you, because, um, you know, I'm not sure how far you want to go on this, but, you know, you were pretty upfront in our conversation about 
the reel, the video you did in trying to in, in applying for it, and you were you were pretty open there about you know what you thought you weren't rather than what you were, um, and the vulnerabilities there. How did all that play out for you? Um, you were quite nervous to do it. Um, so. Yes, when I applied to join the first time round, I didn't actually get into the Marketing Academy and that hit quite hard because the film that I made, you have to make something that's about you. It's called Your Showcase. Um, My film was really, um, it went deep and it talked about why I don't think I'm good enough and how I was ready to confront that and show up and reveal my vulnerabilities and put my ego to one side and all of, all of those things. So you can imagine when I didn't get in in that first year, mm. <laughs> it it's kind like of just said, not good enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Self-fulfilling, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, but actually, it was a person who interviewed me in the second round of Marketing Academy, Lucio. He contacted me the following year and said, you have to resubmit it. You know, don't even think about it. You've just got to be a part of the Marketing Academy. You have to resubmit that film, I insist. And I really you know, didn't know whether to or not. And I, I took the leap and I, I submitted it. And I didn't think anyone would ever see it apart from Sherilyn and a couple of others. And the day before we were all due to meet each other at the first boot camp, a WhatsApp group is formed and... Um, you you know start to say hi to everybody in your WhatsApp group, and then I think it was Emma or Sherilyn had the great idea of saying, "Hey, why don't you all share your showcase and um, showcase me mm-hmm. in this group?" And I really, really did not want to do it. I literally just wanted to hide under the bed and not see anyone the next day. <laughs> but I shared the film um, because you know that is the spirit of what you're going into. And much like Sky, I had a persona. And I thought I was really, really good at hiding my imposter syndrome. I, you know, I would speak up. I'd have a very strong opinion in the room. I would exude confidence despite being a complete introvert. Um, Mm. And it was a real moment of saying, if I'm going to go through this with this amazing group of people that I haven't even met yet, I need to show them what I'm about and, and not be so afraid. So, And it didn't backfire, right? It didn't backfire, right? It did not backfire at all. Everybody, um, everybody was just so overwhelmingly fantastic about it. Um, no judgment, lots of words of encouragement. Um, lots of people came up the next day saying they'd watched the film and it, it really hit them and that they felt the same, you know, you're not alone. So it, I'm, I'm glad I did. It really did set the tone. Yeah, and so and for you, Fern, then, so what happened? And let's get to what happened, how each of you are kind of better and different as a result of the academy. And it's so far, there's not a lot about marketing that we've talked about yet. It's about the individual. It's about leadership. It's about personal skill, uh, leadership and, and being comfortable with yourself by the sounds of it. I don't know where marketing comes in. We'll get to that. But what happened, Fern, after the uh, the program? Well, I think it's a transformation as you go through the program because – you are exposed to so many different points of view, so much honesty, but also just different frameworks to work through to figure out what your strengths are and to reflect on where your vulnerabilities are and how that's not a weakness and actually how they can be a strength. Um, Sherilyn, as part of the Living Leader program that we talked about earlier, Sherilyn teaches something called Unlocking Limiting Beliefs. So you flip everything and say, you know, what if that wasn't true? What if I didn't let that hold me back? 
And so there are so many aspects of everything you go through through the Marketing Academy, but I think I've come out much more confident and sure of myself and my abilities and myself as a leader. I'm certainly more balanced and definitely more nurturing. And I think it gives you it gives you new ways to embrace the style of leadership that you believe in, that you want to be. And you also, I guess this is a capability piece, but you you learn to take responsibility for your energy and how it impacts others. Because really the whole focus is as a leader, your job really is to create other outstanding leaders. And so you realize what a big responsibility that is and how serious you have to take it, but also what an incredible honor it is. So you want to show up, you know, stronger, better every day for the people that you're leading. Um, So it just gives you so much more optimism and growth throughout the year. How does this, you know, this newfound openness that you all seem to have, how does it go down in the corporate culture, Fern, for you to you first? And I'll ask everyone else, like that, that it still must be, you know, corporate cultures aren't, aren't geared that way yet, all the way at least. It's a really good question. I, I've had somebody say, oh, she is human. <laughs> right. All right. Because you do suddenly, you know, you learn that it's okay to express your, your vulnerabilities, to put your hand up and say, hey, look, I'm trying my best here. I haven't done this before either. This is what I think we should do. Has anyone got any other points of view? And you start to listen a lot more to others, or at least I have, rather than be the person that's always having to make that decision, feeling that you're driving everyone forward. It's actually saying, hey, what do we all think collectively? And giving people the space to express their point of view and listen so that they are actually heard is a really big part of that. And I actually think the work in a corporate culture comes on leaps and bounds because of that, as does staff or, you know, team morale along the way. So whilst it might seem counterintuitive in a corporate culture, it actually unlocks so much more than you thought it would in that corporate culture because everyone's much happier, much more productive and more inspired by each other, not not by me as a leader, but by hearing each other and being involved with each other, that, that becomes kind of a force for good. Sky, what about you? What happened on the other side? How, how were you different, better, stronger? Almost sounds like, no, you guys aren't old enough to remember the $6 million man, I'm old. But anyway, all of that, how was it um, when you came out? What was different about you? Yeah, I, well, I think I was more open and in return, my team and my peers were more open. So, you know, just being a more collaborative person, being a more collaborative leader, listening to people and really understanding their views. We did this exercise at our first boot camp where Sherilyn gave us a problem and sort of no instructions to solve. And, you know, 10 people start trying to solve the problem. And what we didn't know is Sherilyn secretly recording our language behaviours. And I was mortified (laughs) to see that I was over-talking people, you know, saying a lot of yep, yep, yep as if I was listening and then going on with my own idea. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was really eye-opening for me. And, yeah, I think the things that I worked on after that were definitely my listening and, yeah, just genuinely wanting to understand other people's perspectives and asking more questions and, yeah, stop shutting things down. And what about you? Um, How are you better different? And I guess um, how, how does that work in a corporate culture for you? Look, I 
I would say the biggest change for me is just reframing why I do what I do. Um, I think for ages I thought I do what I do because I have to be the one that has all the answers. I'm the one that has to, to, I think Fern, you said it, I'm the one that has to drive everything forward. And I think after Marketing Academy, I really started to reframe. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. And the minute you start doing that, what happens is, I I mean, you end up doing less work, first of all, which is mind-blowing. Oh, oh there's an idea. Yeah, I'm going to get on that Oh, my God, work smarter, not harder. But you start to really focus on what's the motivation for my team. How would my team feel? Am I making that decision because I'm trying to protect myself or am I doing it because it's for the best interest of my team? And that can only be a good thing. Mm. I think people started to see a difference in me. I think I was less stressed. I was less, um, you know, under pressure. I created space for my team to actually come up with ideas and grow for themselves. But then I think, look, there were some people who probably wanted me to take the lead a little bit more. And I think it was a bit of a change for them. But I think once everyone starts to see, I guess, how you grow from it, it it gets embraced. I think my team were probably uh, the happiest after that because they actually learned a lot from it as well. So I think we were talking before about, you know, potentially how do you you pass this on? Obviously, my team Mm. started to see a lot of the learning as well. And they take it on board for themselves. Almost almost osmosis in. Yeah, I think so. And look, I think with corporate culture, I don't think there is a set rule. I think it's what we all thought it should be. And when mm. you switch up your your approach to leadership, when you switch up your style, as long as it's coming from a genuine place, no one's going to fault you for it. If anything, they'll embrace it. And that's kind of how I felt with it. Well, I'm interested in this though because I get it when you're talking about your peers and your team that work for you or with you. So across and down, I get the openness and the vulnerability. How does it work going up the food chain when you've, you know, you're having to be uh, a slightly more open and vulnerable is a strong word, but um, usually you you kind of tend to, you know, manage up and look good. And sometimes with what you all are you talking about, sometimes you're not looking good and you you own that. Look, it, it was, it's a challenge. I think, like I said, there is a little bit of a, it's almost like you go back to the workplace, you go back to the real world and you see things differently and you start to see, oh, that person doesn't communicate very well. Oh, that person, they're really in it for themselves. Oh my God, I didn't see this before. I think I see everyone smiling. I think we all know that feeling when you, you go back to the work and you're like, oh God, am, am I, I mean, I'm changed for the better, but it is quite a moment when you realise that. And I think it, it actually forces you to play, you know, use the principles that you learn even more because then it's how do you manage up with that. Um, I, look, mm. I, had a, I think I had a manager at the time who was really receptive and really loved hearing what I was learning. So she actually would ask me and then we would almost, I'd almost kind of change my style with her but explain what I've learned at the same time. Mm. So mm. I think it was a little bit right. different there where she was genuinely excited to hear what I was learning and what was um kind of being taught through the academy, but there's definitely people who didn't enjoy it. I will say that right now um, because you are being, I guess, more open, more vulnerable, and they're kind of looking at you like, okay, that's cool. Like, why are you being Why are you being so open? Again, the end result was still the right thing, but there were people who reacted a little bit differently to the way that you were um, showing up and how you were showing up Got differently. It. Got it. And that's the risk as to why everyone shuts down in the first place, right? Because it's exactly that, the, the perception. Warren, what about you in terms of, 
what you were better for. We sort of, you covered a little bit what was better, but also, you know, the culture and managing up versus you talked about your teams and your colleagues, they, they loved it. But was there any reservations about how far you go when you're talking with your, you know, your seniors, your, your leaders in the business, in a business? Yeah, well, at KFC, I'm quite lucky that we, we have a mantra that we lead with heart. So from a leadership point of view, they really do encourage that you lead with authenticity and compassion and, and that vulnerability. But having said that, you know, I think we've all worked in volatile environments in the past and, and definitely I draw back on those experiences as well. And coming through this program, the one thing that, you know, I think I worked on was more how can I not let the environment dictate how I feel and behave? And you come out stronger that way. So you start from your internal values. So when it comes to how you manage up, I think, you know, you need to set the tone first. And we can't control sometimes how other leaders are going to behave. But you learn through that, that, that calm command. You learn about how you want to lead. You learn how you want to behave. I think that just comes through more and more through these environments. Mm. Fern, for you, because, you know, um Again, both, I guess, everyone on the, on the mics today has got the same scenarios, but for you in sort of the business that Edelman's in too, there's so much of it's about ensuring that, you know, you manage messaging and manage perceptions. And in this instance, how, how does that work, you know, with internally with your colleagues and, and bosses and also externally with clients? Because, you know, that's, it's a different game. It's interesting, isn't it? Because more and more we would counsel, you know, the CEOs to be their real selves, to share anecdotes, to speak up, to show right. vulnerabilities. It's what people actually want to see. Um, but it's hard to live that yourself in a corporate culture. Mm. I do think, you know, I echo some of the sentiments we've just heard in that, you know, at Edelman, we certainly embraced some of the learnings that I went through as part of the Marketing Academy. And in fact, we got the entire leadership team together in Australia and we went through the taking off your mask exercise, which is how the boot camp starts. And you really do start to break down the barriers very quickly and talk about things that have happened in your life, things that have had the biggest impact in your life, you know, the things that you hope and, and dream for in the future. And we all did that. And you do that in a group setting, right? It's, every, it's in front of everyone. Yeah, we did. And there was a lot of laughter. There were tears. There was a lot of, wow, I actually understand that person and where they're coming from now because I understand their story and their background. And it brought us together as leaders in a way I don't think we imagined. We became so much closer. We've actually then expanded that out and we've done that in kind of the, the next group of leaders down. And, and so we're seeing that trickle effect of how important real relationships are and being yourself and opening yourself a little bit more to people. It doesn't mean you have to go around wearing your heart on your sleeve at every moment. There is still room mm. in your professional life to be that professional. And, you know, it is about reading the room, but you certainly build much stronger relationships when you let a little bit more of yourself through. And I think we've all, we've all learned that. So just um, to all of you, any thoughts on it was, is, you know, it does sound quite, uh, I guess, profound what all of you are talking about. Why doesn't this happen more in a corporate culture full stop? What, you know, you've got a marketing academy that's taking 30 people that all of you come out going, you know, we've been re-chipped and life is great. But why doesn't this happen more, more broadly? What are the obstacles there? For me, I think one of the biggest, I guess, what sets it apart, what makes marketing academy what it does is... You're thrown in with 29 other people who are relatively, I guess, anonymous to you or you're anonymous to them. There's no baggage. They don't know what junior burger you was when you first started 
working. They don't know you a year ago when you, you know, you you thought you failed at something uh, and they don't know you the wife of that person or the mother of that person. They, They don't know you. And so you go into it, I guess, quite, you get to go in new and go in fresh and almost redefine and rewrite who you are. And in that process, over such a long period of time, you're developing these relationships with these people and you kind of fall in love with 29 other people. And it really, it's like uni. When you first go to uni and you meet these people that didn't know awkward you in high school and there's a sense of renewal, I think that there's an element of um, because of the length of time, because you are anonymous to each other and you are just you, you're able to unlock, I think, a different level of um, growth versus Mm. when you're doing it through work, you're doing it with other people in your workplace. You've still got the baggage of that bad meeting we had last week or there is an element of motivation for the business that is quite it's quite obvious. You've got one day out of the office, you've got to get this done and come back to the office, right. better better leaders. So I think there's, right. yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the motivation's different, yeah. Good call. Um, Warren, you had a take on this? Yeah, just to build on what Anne said, you know, you go into the Mark Academy and things like achievements, titles and what brands they work for, they all go out the window and you just, you're just meeting like-minded humans who are all on their own individual journey. So why, why doesn't this sometimes permeate in the office or in a professional environment? I think fear is a, is a big thing. Like fear in people in terms of like my imposter syndrome, I get driven by fear. There's, sometimes fear can permeate through your culture. But through this academy, the, the antidote to that is, is love and heart and kindness. And you really, that really comes through. And so that you take that into leadership. You take that into your connections. You take that into your professional environment. And it, it's really combating, I guess, that fear culture that could exist out there to going, if you are vulnerable, if you act with kindness, if you learn that leadership is about helping others, those are the things that, that turn that ship around. Fascinating. Um, Sky, let's just take the fact that you're all now um, super enlightened in a good way. I'm not taking the mickey there. It's genuinely interesting. We talked earlier, how do you get this sort of uh, across your teams and sh- how do people get this magic without doing the academy? Is it possible? Can you share the love? Yeah, I think just generally through enthusiasm. Like you, you're exposed to such an incredible array of speakers. Like you'll hear from, so we had a neuroscientist convince all 30 of us that the sky wasn't blue. Um, and after that session, your mind's literally, literally, literally. <laughs> you, you all, you all didn't believe the sky was blue. Yes. There's a whole right other on. podcast on that, <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you hear from, uh, you know, speakers with different views. So you'll have someone come in in the morning and talk about how it's really important that you, um, you know, make conscious decisions. You decide you don't slide through life. And then you'll have another person come in and say, my life has just been a series of, <laughs> opportunities that have come up and I've you know just fallen into them so I think yeah the programming is really unique and you yeah you're so enthusiastic about what you hear you you know you want to share it with everyone. Fern what uh, Anne and Warren said about trying to you know about the corporate culture and so forth to the point with Sky can it be shared how have you done it can you get your team sort of having that little bit of insight without having doing a hardcore nine-month course with 30 peers who you know the masks down and and sky's not blue i think i'll take a step back i and i've got a maybe a different perspective about why it's not just like this in every organization why can't we do this and thinking about 
being part of large organizations, which we all are, the organization and the way that we work, we're driven by objectives and goals, financial KPIs, productivity, and it is go, go, go. And the Marketing Academy can be seen as a self-indulgence. You know, it really is about giving yourself time to reflect, to work through things. Our cohort, um, we had almost a full year to do that. And that takes a lot of time away from a business if everybody is really taking the time to reflect on themselves, to go through a program, you're listening to other people's perspectives, and so on and so forth, because it isn't just the boot camps, it's a lot of online talks and learnings, it's eight mentors, etc, coaches. So, you know, I wish everybody could do it. I think every leader would benefit from this program. And it's a shame that not everyone can. But as leaders, it is our responsibility to take everything we've learned and to inspire the next generation of leaders, whether that is their leadership style, um, whether it's about how inclusive they are and how collaborative they are. I think it's about showing that you can be yourself and other people will open up to you. And something I really noticed as a theme amongst my mentors was, again, that, that um, perception of energy and I think every single one of my mentors talked about how they would look back at the end of a week on what they achieved and whether they gave themselves the way that they should to their teams, whether they showed up the way that they wanted to, where perhaps they didn't show up the way that they wanted to, what would they change in the week ahead? But then they look at the week ahead and think about how am I going to better manage my energy and my time in the week ahead? How am I going to set boundaries and how am I actually going to have a more balanced life? And something that really sparked me was that burned out leaders lead burned out teams and I certainly was Mm. heading towards that um, when I entered marketing academy and I and I think the more that you can model the behaviors to the next generation of leaders and the more you can bring positive energy and a sense of calm and confidence to those teams the more better leaders we're going to all create because that will have a trickle effect. You know, you said you were nearly burnt out. Did you? So, was it an attitudinal change, or was the behaviour as well, Fern, for you? Did, was it two, a two strikes thing? What did you do to avoid that burnout? It was both. I've always, I've always been extremely highly driven, and will always just give. It's you know, it doesn't matter where I work. It's just what I do, and I think that mindset of burned out leaders or depleted leaders will create depleted teams. It was just a moment of looking in the mirror and saying, "That's mm. exactly what I'm doing." And it was, you know, speaking with the mentors and with the coaches and those that were giving the talks to us as well and really taking from them and and learning from them. And well, how do they deal with that? How do they make sure that their work and life is in balance so that they can give the best of themselves the next day, not show up feeling exhausted and irritated the next day? Because that's a very easy thing to do if you just keep on that treadmill and keep on going. So, you know, you're not showing up as your best self. And I think Pip Marlowe was one of my mentors. I was extremely lucky to have Pip and she said, you know, you need to create the environment. She's Salesforce, right? Yeah, CEO of Salesforce now. But she said, um, create the environment to do the best work of your life because that way everyone else is going to do the best work of their lives too. And it really, Mm. all these little nuggets and all these things that you pick up throughout the year, they stick and you just find yourself naturally changing how you do things or hearing their voices in your head and taking that step back and looking at the week ahead and making time for yourself so that you do show up better for everyone. 
This thing is called the Marketing Academy. We've hardly talked about marketing. There's a lot of character here, not a lot of capability conversation yet. This is not what the Marketing Academy is about. Or where does marketing fit into this other than, well, where does marketing fit into this, Sky? I see it as a leadership course rather than a marketing course, but you definitely get exposure to marketing. So I think one of my favorite speakers was Lisa Ronson talking about how creativity drives the bottom line. And I got a lot of tangible, tactical information that I could use to, you know, put forward a campaign or put put forward an idea. But yeah, as I said, you, you do have the CMOs talking about marketing tactics and their experience, Mm. but you do have the neuroscientists or the ethics professor or other people coming in to to challenge the way that you think. So for those that don't know, Lisa Ronson at CMO at Coles, I assume she was when she was talking to you, um, Sky. So Anne, in terms of the marketing in the Marketing Academy, where is the marketing? Same question as Sky, really. Where's the capability bit or it doesn't matter as much in this instance? I think it more came through in you know, the way that we were being spoken to in terms of the mentors, presenters, the speakers that we had at the boot camps, it was always, you know, how do we get the the leaders in the industry to come in and share their experience? And I think through that, you actually more got a sense of how they were approaching leadership in the marketing, media or advertising landscape. There were definitely some, you know, more, I guess, technical presentations um, around storytelling or around you know, kind of creating ideas or creativity, but it was very much how do we how do we all become better leaders as marketers in the business? I think um, the way right. I think the pitch for Marketing Academy is, you know, how to get marketing leaders into the C-suite, and it is about right. preparing marketers for you know, kind of having a seat at the table. How do we you know really increase the uh, reputation, the value of marketing in the business? So. I think for me, it came through in the framing of everything, but it wasn't necessarily a technical marketing course. Got it. Makes sense. Um, Warren, you got any thoughts on that in terms of the marketing bit in the Marketing Academy for you? Uh, did you come away with any technical uplift or was it, to Anne's point and Sky's point, more about sort of business leadership, marketing leadership? I follow what, what Sky and Anne said where there is predominantly about leadership, but uh, I do believe there are opportunities where you can build on areas of capability the, the first one is the cohort that you're in. Like everyone comes in with different backgrounds and different levels of experience. So there's a rich community that, that you can tap into and reach out if you've got any questions on a particular area that you're trying to lead. And then there's the, the mentors. Like there was one example where, you know, I was looking to be sharper at strategy. Um, and whilst for the most part, I'm working on my self-belief and working on, on that, one of the mentors that I was lucky to be paired with was a CEO who had a strategic background and I wanted to ask about where her strengths were in strategy. And I learned things like creating a learning agenda. So tips like, you know, carving out time during the week to drill deeper into a particular topic to kind of break away from the the day-to-day detail that you could be caught up in. And even a quote that she gave me that still sticks with me today is, you know, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four hours sharpening my axe. Right. So, you know, you, you get you get capability in, in pockets and it really is all down to what you want to identify as the things that you want to get out of during this program. So, yeah, there's a big element there that's about leadership and who you want to be. There's also going to be some skills that you probably want to, you know, improve on. So it's finding where to ask those questions and who to, but it's it's there. 
Two quick questions for the group, and then we'll um, wrap this up. Fern, for you, uh, what next? What are you thinking about uh, as someone working in marketing, media comms, reputation and tech and so forth in that, I guess, in that marketing realm? What are you thinking about most at the moment? I think, I mean, just building what I've said, I think it is going in every day and knowing that you've got the honour of building the next generation of leaders. Um, It is about taking all of the learnings and whilst, yes, a lot of it is about leadership, we had incredible marketers like Ritson talk about, you know, marketing strategy and reframing the way that we think about that. And I certainly take that into my job um, every day. Uh, we had Brent Smart talk about how not to be a shit CMO. And right. you know, it's it's interesting because despite the fact that I'm on the agency side, I can use some of that to talk to my teams when I'm looking at maybe some of their work or some of the creative and being able to give feedback to that. I hear Brent's voice in my head. So I think it's, for me, it's about not forgetting everything that we experienced in that year and to keep applying it, to keep representing it to the next generation of leaders because it is so easy to come out of you know what is perceived as a course it's not a course it's something that stays with Mm. you but it is so easy to come out of a course and it's like that etch a sketch and your brain wipes it clean and you move on and get on with your job and and carry on with the way things are yeah so it's just really important to just keep it going Sky, for you, what what are you thinking about you know beyond the academy but what do you think about most uh, as someone in your case now media yeah, I'm thinking a lot about video at the moment and how to best use video <laughs> right. content. TVSN has a lot of video content, so that's top of mind. And in terms of marketing and the craft of marketing or the profession of marketing, what you're doing in your day job, what are you thinking about most at the moment? Uh, the biggest thing at the moment and something that we're tackling is, I guess, elevating the role and value of marketing as a function um, in driving business growth. I know that sounds big and it sounds obvious, but I think it's something that we probably are all kind of touching in one way or another. It's really taking marketing outside of being advertising the crayons department, if you will, and really starting to tackle things like customer data, targeting things like, you know, how do we drive conversion directly through our, you know, first party data channels, looking at efficiency and ROI of marketing spend as someone who is, um, you know, looking after brand, it's it's critical for me to demonstrate the role that brand can play in driving business growth and conversion, not just mm, being, mm. you know, the guys are responsible for the uh, the advertising or the biggest expense line on the P&L, but actually demonstrating how we're actually bringing back um, conversion as well. Well, you see, you're getting right into the weeds there then. That's sort of getting very, that's down in, in business contribution, right? So, and that's kind of the narrative that we hear a lot in around marketing. So good call. And, and Warren? Yeah, uh, personally for me, what's next is I'm looking at ways to pay this forward. So how do I take those aha moments and wisdom that it's been fast tracked from years down the track to now, how do I kind of pay that forward to the rest of the team? But as a marketer as well, something that we are doing at the moment at my work is uh, how we can actually embed agile uh, into marketing. So something that uh, is on my mind right now is, is how we build those habits to be, be a bit more agile and rather than kind of work towards perfection, how do you kind of work towards iteration? and progress and be consistent at that so that those are the two spheres that i'm i'm in yeah great and there's a look there's another big discussion around agile and marketing we won't go there now because we open up another whole three hours of conversation (laughs) final one is each one of you a tip for those that are trying to get into the academy 
Um, what do you suggest they do? And we'll make this really quick and wrap it up. But um, Fern, tips, how do you get in? Just be ready to be yourself and let go of any pretense, persona and ego. Sky, tips. Be clear on why now is the right time for you to do this course. That's it. That's the crisp answer. Good one. Anne? Um, it's not a job interview. So when you right. go into the um, selection process, there's a number of rounds of um, like there's the showcase, there's, you know, interviews that you, there are interviews that you have with different um, alumni of the Marketing Academy, but don't approach it as one. It's not about showing how perfect your resume is. It's not about showing how um, how great you are. It's actually about telling the story of you and why you would benefit from the Marketing Academy. Yeah, great. And Warren, finally. Similar to Anne, your achievements are one thing that will get you noticed but it's your humility and your growth mindset that will get you to stand out. Good stuff. Well, I'm better for it. In fact, I've got to try and talk to Cheryl now and see if I can get a shortcut in there. Um, I don't think, I think she'll just go, no, no chance, Paul, rack off. But Anne Lee, Warren Mauve, uh, Fern Canning-Brook, Sky Ruggles, great conversation. Thanks for joining. Stay safe and um, we'll loop back around and see how you, you are in about 20 years' time. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. This MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer Nick Slater music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 Audio Edition to listen for free. Listener.